0: Log Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my
0: butt! Now, look at my front butt!
1: Open the
2: circuit to the wave motion gun. Open the circuit. The pressure increase. increases. All the ship's energy is now in the wave motion gun. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass.
1: Oh, did I hurt your feelings. The Magneto's right. There's a war coming. You sure you're on the right side?
0: This holiday season, but sincerely, fuck you 2019. Ain't that right, Carl?
2: You got it. You got it. We're losing a lot now.
0: As God is my witness after the two deaths that happened on Friday and Saturday, I swear deaths got list reading my fucking messenger. We were like, yeah, we're going to do this. And we're like, Oh, we got two. Hope to God it ain't three. And that's like, oh, motherfucker, just uh, wait, motherfucker, just just, just wait. After uh, that, I kept my mouth shut. You won't say anything. I just keep my mouth shut.
2: But, yeah, you messaged me, huh? Oh, shit. Seriously.
0: And the first one we want to cover I'm gonna let Carl do the intro, but this is a guy who was who if there was any justice in the world should have been in the number one tier of character actors.
2: I thought we no no no. Let's not do I'm not ready for leaping,
0: Oh, okay. We were
2: gonna do we were gonna do Carol Spinney first.
0: Okay, yeah, Carol Spivey. As we all know, there's a great documentary on him on YouTube and I mean on uh, well, I forget Netflix or Amazon, but there's a great documentary on it. And to us kids, my generation, Generation X, we was grown up on them because there was a little show that came out in 1972 that sadly Carl has a connection to. Tell that weird story. Carl's connected to almost anything. And this one is not one of his blah, blah, blah stories. This is just a bizarre connection.
2: So it was actually 1969, I think, is when Sesame Street started. I I have to check it, but so in the 70s I was working for a woman, out of uh, a Hemmer Street settlement. Her name was Carla Pinza. and uh, I like to call her the uh, Puerto Rican equivalent of Attila the Hun for various reasons. But I found out through working for her and also checking, and and that she was actually hired to do the first season of Sesame Street. And uh, she was a little difficult to work with, and I'm being extremely kind. I think she was fired after four episodes. And uh, uh, you can't find that first season. But, but yeah, she was actually on Sesame Street and had had been hired for it. And uh didn't work out, not surprising.
0: Like I said, I looked up the history, and they barely mentioned her, but they said she scared the kids.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me put it this way. When I was working for her, she would throw typewriters at me. I'm not fucking joking.
0: That don't mean shit, Carl.
1: (laughs) You try picking up an
2: electric electric typewriter and throwing it. That woman was scary. No, don't like her, but she's
0: serious. How many people do we know that wouldn't throw an electric typewriter at you if we had the chance?
2: Well, if they're female, like every
1: damn one I know.
0: <laughs> Except for Jeannie. She'd just grab her leg and bash you with it. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: no, nah, Jeannie wouldn't do that. Jeannie likes me.
0: I caught her off. That's what I'm saying. She wouldn't throw a typewriter. She'd just whack you with the leg.
2: (laughs) No, that's true. In fact, I think she's actually done that, hasn't she? Someone who pissed her off?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But one of the first players to come on there was. He did two characters on there. One who started out as a brown character who they refined a little bit through the years, and the one that never did and still hasn't changed is Big Bird, and that's Carol Spivey. He was Big Bird until, when did he retire? About the
1: 2000s or was
0: it 01? 2015.
2: But even after that, he was doing uh, 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 like Kennel and and things like that after
1: 2015.
2: Yeah. You know, he did like yeah. Portlandia. He did... Uh, Saturday Night Live uh, yeah. he did Sesame Sesame Street was 1969 to 2018 for him
0: yeah he really couldn't uh, he it wasn't that he he got sick but he just couldn't do the day to day work anymore
2: right he still did the voicing though until yeah. 2018 he did the voices
0: you know what the best he episode was injured, and I, even was I watched it it was uh the day he retired. Right. It showed him standing next to Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch and talking to each other. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And that's what I'm talking about. The brown one was Oscar the Grouch. I mean, those kids are like, oh, Big Bird, oh, Grover." I'm like, give me Cookie Monster and Oscar the Grouch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh... I I'm a little older than you, so this wasn't. You know, I was too old. At, at, in 1969, I was 11 years old. Yeah. So I wasn't a target audience when it first but still, came out. Still, you loved Oscar but, because
0: he was an asshole like us.
2: Well, 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 The thing is, I I grew up with Captain Kangaroo, Romper Room. Uh, yeah. I even remember well, a Well, I grew up can. with Romper
0: Room. Too. Remember, it didn't Captain Kangaroo didn't end to about.
2: Eighty, think, yeah, eighty four, eighty
0: five.
2: You know, uh, but the romper room that you grew up with was a different romper room than I grew up. That with.
0: was my sister.
2: Different, that was, different that
0: was my sister's room. show romper room, where they had all the toys and all that. Mhm. Romper room was the first show to really exist to sell toys. Mhm. Well, I'll tell you. Even though when I was a kid. It was, the toy still was around, but the show wasn't mhm well, i'll I'll tell you
2: something, even though I wasn't the audience, I would run across you know uh, uh Sesame Street and just you know it was really cool, and of course, you know the Muppets had been around i mean Jim Henson had had done the Jimmy Dean show with wolf and that, so I knew you know. The characters.
0: And And so, you know,
2: if I ran across it, I would watch it for a little bit. I'd get a little bored. Uh, uh, And, of course, then... Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, at this point, I'm in my mid-teens to even early 20s. If I was churning channels and I saw a little bit of it, fine. But you know what? The thing is, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch were such iconic characters. I mean, who wouldn't love Big Bird? Serious, if you didn't love Big Bird, something is definitely wrong with you.
0: Yeah.
2: But, but for me, Oscar the Grouch was like Oscar and Grover. I just
1: loved oh, the two
0: of Oscar. Oscar, one of my favorite lines ever. What? This little, this little girl, this little girl mother, come up to me and said, Would you say I'm pretty? No, I never say you ugly. Why? Because you think I'm pretty? No, because why should I state the obvious? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: back before they toned him down in the 80s. In the 70s, during My Promise Sesame Street, Carol and Oscar was a real smart ass.
2: hmm You know, they uh, did Tim make Gibson that separation to- because... Yeah. Because the Children's Television Network, okay, which which owned Sesame Street and of course Henson and, and the company worked for them. They yeah. want they they made the final decision. So Henson, you know, who liked the smart ass part of it, you know, then that's how they decided to do the Muppet Show. And then yeah, they he wanted to bring Oscar over to the
0: Muppet Show but they wouldn't let him.
2: No. No, I think Oscar finally did make an appearance in like the fifth season, yeah, just a a cameo or something like that.
0: Yeah, it had a. It was he was like a semi-host of that show, but I mean, it had this bizarre thing where him and Gonzo were talking, and Gonzo's like, "Why do you like the trash so much?" He's like, "I found things that you wouldn't want your mother to know." He's like, "Got any pictures?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got pictures <laughs> of Miss Piggy. Like you won't believe." And he's like,
1: "Oh, that's look." <laughs>
2: Yeah, he also hung out with Waldorf and Statler, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But, but wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, performer. And, and I have a friend of mine that worked for, for Henson. His name is Ed Medina, and he posted today and said he met Carol on several occasions. Just a lovely man. And so our, our, our condolences to his family. Uh Carol you gave so many generations of kids love and 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 joy. So your your life was a blessing to many of us. Yeah. So thank you very much.
0: And Carol King was right. He Carol was right. He said that the reason that follow that bird didn't work is that big bird worked on Sesame Street but as soon as you take him out of there he doesn't work. He was too nice yeah, nice did. and sweet and innocent for you know the real world, yeah, and that was, and he really summarized what Henson, why Henson created Sesame Street. he wanted to create a bubble for us kids, yeah, a multicultural bubble, but a bubble. I mean, remember the first? Didn't they have Flying the Family Stone on there, or one of the big multicultural rock groups in the early days?
2: Oh yeah, they did. Much like like uh, uh much like uh, Mister Rogers. They always pushed multiculturalism and and and. Uh, that.
1: It, it,
2: yeah, no question. And it was a New York show. Remember, remember this? One of the main people was Roscoe. wow Yeah. Up from the get go, they had uh, Andy Garcia on. You know, Hispanic. They they did the, they did the whole gamut, man. They're still doing it.
0: And they had a guy who was one of the scariest drug dealers in ever on the show.
2: Yep. Uh, well, an actor who portrayed a drug dealer. Let's, yeah. let's be honest.
0: And we loved him. He went from, it's weird, he went from uh, Sanford and Son, he went from Sesame Street to Sanford and Son to the electric company to Deep Cover.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> yep. And by the way, just, for those that listen to my story at the beginning, if you wonder who Carla Pinza is, just pick up a, a, a copy or find it on streaming, The Believers. The John Schlesinger film with Martin Sheen. She plays Remember, the
0: Remember, uh, uh, a shit factory put it out last year. This year to be Yeah, exact. but but
2: but uh she plays the uh uh the Hispanic uh uh maid who is the good Santa Rio person. Which is oh, scary she because she wasn't... I to be
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway, so I just wanted to say... No that.
0: wonder I liked her. She was already throwing shit and cursing you before I even met you. <laughs>
2: oh, man, I got stories. That's a whole different thing. We'll be talking about that later. I have yeah. stories and stories.
0: But, yeah, I mean... After he quit six we was expecting this, but still a blow. It's like part of our childhood is missing.
2: Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. That's probably why us Gen Xers are so mellow nowadays. Because we were raised right. Who taught us Gen Xers? Oh, Mister Rogers, Uh, Captain Kangaroo, The Electric Company, Sesame Street. We were taught right.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: absolutely.
0: And it was weird that it was the 70s where they created all these safe, real safe places or bubbles. And it's what they should be, not what they want nowadays. Mm-hmm. Silly, goofy, friendly, where you could just go there and wave your arms and go, and act like a doofus. Right. And then you put on your adult clothes, or your serious clothes, and go back in the real world again. Mm-hmm. But you are at the age where you're like, I'm angry. And then you went to the movies. They're angry. And then you went to the real world. We're all freaking angry.
2: Oh, we're pissed.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And then the ones who were pissed off generation after you were like, You mean we can make money? Oh and that's when things went roosh down the toilet. But our second guy, he definitely came from the seventies. Right, Carl? Carl. Did we lose Carl? yep, there he is, and he's back.
2: yes, I am sorry about but, that,
0: as I was saying, your guy really did start in the seventies, didn't he
2: yeah i'm uh that I was trying to get to him, and that's why I got got uh uh kicked off, so here we go. Hold <laughs> on just a second um, okay, here we go.
1: So Ron Liebman...
0: me me now. Good Lord, son. Yeah, yeah. I haven't... I just got it
2: over the weekend. I'm still trying to get it together. Give me a break. Uh, just, uh, so anyway, really? uh, what I remember him most from, and the thing I loved about him, was uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. He, he played this real, bitter, nasty, World War II prisoner of war, uh, who... Uh, basically uh, uh, blamed uh, Billy Pilgrim uh, and then, of course, killed him at the end. Uh, But Liebman is just fantastic in that movie. Uh, But there's that one. But even before that, there's Where's Papa? He plays the brother of George Segal, who always goes across uh, Central Park, where he knows his mom's about to die and and basically uh, uh, gets raped, like every time. And then falls in love with a cop and marries him <laughs> and Well yes, let's be honest yeah, he, no. wasn't
0: try- he wasn't running Because his mom was going to die He was running because he knows Joe Chagall was going to murder her
2: <laughs> Yeah that's true
0: Let's really <laughs> stop Where's Papa If you think that most movies are on PC I mean It just kind of saddens me Everyone's, Everyone puts on the list What's the number one on PC comedy of the 70's Oh, I know, Blazing Saddles, and I'm like, <laughs> I haven't seen. Where's Papa? <laughs>
2: oh, there's 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 more than that. There's Cry Uncle. There's a bunch of them, yeah. man.
0: But where's Papa? Maybe the one that was purpose most purposely designed to piss everybody off. And that's yeah, just well, basically, counting
2: The fuck. Story, the story it, I was telling you the story. So so. Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner are, are very close friends and still are to this day, and, and, and Mel Brooks brought out the producers, and so, so, so Carl Reiner says, okay, he's going to be that tasteless. I'm going to even be more tasteless, found this novel called Where's Papa by Robert Klein, bought, bought it, had Klein come in and do the the, the, the screenplay. And it is extremely tasteless, and it's wonderful. I love it. I love it
0: star George Siegel is this guy who's taking care of his elderly mother, and his elderly mother does everything she can to embarrass him, like the famous thing where she take where he takes his what date home, and his mother pulls his pants down. And kisses him right on the ass and says, look at the size of his schmeckel. He's going to be a good lover for you.
2: (laughs) And, of course, the mother is Ruth Gordon, who who just didn't care at that point. She's so wonderful in so many movies in that era. You know, uh, of course, Harold and Maude being another one. Uh, But, you know, you talk about... Three films, his first real three films was Where's Papa? I I mentioned Slaughterhouse-Five, which was number three, but number two is The Hot Rock, which is a hell of a movie, and he's really good in it, Yeah, very
0: understated. That movie got shit because fans of the book series were pissed off that they put Robert Redford as the star. Right. Because if you read the think, book, it's more of a Robert Forrester type of guy than a Robert Right,
2: Radford. exactly.
0: But it's still one hell of a heist movie.
2: It's a great heist movie. And, and again, Lehman does a great job. You know, I mean, I mean, okay, so here you have Ron Lehman, three films, knocks it out of the park, and then what happens? Well, actually, two movies come up. Um, your three minutes are up. Which I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you seen that?
0: No, I know the title.
2: Okay, it's not a great movie. However, it's it's um him and Bo Bridges, and basically it's it's uh Bo Bridges is sort of a sad sack, and his friend is 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 Ron Liebman who who's so lucky with the women and so on and so forth. They take a trip together. It's sort of like a precursor to Sideways.
0: Yeah.
2: It seriously is. And, and and it's not a great film, but he's very good at it. And then after that, you've got Super Cops now. You should know this one.
0: Yeah, the one based on the two real New York cops, Batman and Robin.
2: Exactly.
0: And why did that movie flop? What happened about four months before that movie came out?
2: I forget. Tell me.
0: The two cops that were Batman and Robin got busted as part of the French Connection scandal, where they were two of the cops that stole the fucking money, and they were paid off by the fucking mob.
1: (laughs) Oh! (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, they were two of the cops that Frank Lucas took down when he com- did all his confessing and
1: stuff.
2: Aha! <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah,
1: so and it's, basically, and it's, like only, it's like you Lehman's uh, Hold on, trained. Stephen, hold on. Go ahead.
2: It's Lehman's only starring role, as far as I know.
0: And it's fucking good. Yeah. But, man, how the hell do you think you could get past that hurdle? (laughs) You can't. And let's not
2: forget who directed it, too.
0: Who? Gordon Parks. (sighs)
1: You know,
0: Shaft. Uh, I think the story is it was Lieberman and other guys said they were on the promotional trail for this movie.
1: And he said all
0: of a sudden They were in the hotel room Waiting for Parks to come in Then all of a sudden All they heard was Fuck Shit Son of a bitch Son of a bitch
1: (laughs) Okay. And then
0: they would come in there And he was mad Parks was mad He's like what's wrong Our two fucking hero cops In the movie Just got fucking busted For drug dealing And being mob informants And stealing money
1: Oh, (laughs) fuck. Yep.
0: And thank God he never did any teen movies after this. He went straight from TV after this.
2: (laughs) Well, not particularly.
0: No. Not particularly. He went straight to TV after this, Carl. Nothing exists. What do you mean? Nothing. He didn't do any movies with magazines. That don't exist. That was a lie made up by the evil false media.
1: I don't know
2: what you're talking about because he did film. Good.
0: Good. He didn't make any movie with a famous comic magazine. He was up for a national anthem. Oh, no, oh, oh, oh. oh.
2: We're not enough. even fucking there, okay?
0: Oh, good. Now and I know that what you're don't talking is. about. That movie well, well yes, it.
2: it does because we got to talk no, no. about it. No. Okay. So uh, he did some TV movie. He did a lot of TV, but a couple of films that he was in. One is should basically be forgotten, and that's one Ton Ton the Dog that saved Hollywood.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, you're you're cackling. Why are you cackling?
0: Because they had a major problem problem while filming the movie. What? The dog wasn't fixed, so it walked around the set continuously with a hard on.
1: <laughs>
0: so they had to make sure to film the dog from the legs up, or have a rubber band tied around the opening of its sheath, so they wouldn't be showing a dog's dick in a kids' movie. <laughs>
1: I did not know that That's funny as fuck
0: And of course Bay West had the best line What? Damn he's more well hung than most of the guys I've ever been with
1: <laughs> <laughs> Of course
2: now
0: and that's he was why involved they usually in... hire female dogs to do male dog parts
2: Right Oh that's true so he was in a movie that he should have been up for an Academy Award for a supporting actor. And that's Norma Ray. Played the union organizer. And he's really good at that.
0: You want to talk about movies that have dated beyond fucking horribly?
2: Well, go ahead. You're going to say Norma it anyway. Norma Ray has. But it's not a bad movie.
0: Yes, it is. It's shit. It's it's like a weak sauce version of the Karen Silkwood story, which it really is.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, whatever, whatever. He still was good at it. Oh,
0: and he then, was
2: good. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be doing a, a a a on DLN. We're gonna be doing a a series on one season wonders on TV. And yeah, we can talk about Ron Liebman's uh uh T V series which he helped develop. And I remember this series and I like this series. It's called Kaz. You ever hear of it? What? Kaz. K A Z. No. He played a he played a uh uh um an inmate who gets out of uh, jail. Uh, and uh be- becomes a lawyer and uh he, he it's it's a really good little gritty little program wasn't uh, it like but a... it was an hour show
0: okay we well, no, I mean it was
2: it was situational but it was a good that's... little thing but okay wasn't that... okay now the... After
0: Kaz, organic. we have to talk word, about it. I got the word going now, Carl. Wasn't that sort of a Petrocelli ripoff? No. Okay.
2: No, that's the other way around. Petrocelli, I think, was, was after this, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, we have to talk about it, Stephen. I don't care. We have to talk about it because he was in it, even though he says he's not in it. He was in it, and yes, we're talking about the fiasco that is up the academy, the Mad Magazine movie. Oh, good God! All right, Stephen, give him what you got.
0: On paper, this movie should have been well. We're going to go back a little bit National Lampoon had came out Well, National All through the 70s Vicky's going to be on at 9 So we're going to have to stretch this a little bit, Carl Okay, go ahead All through the 70s National Lampoon And Mad Magazine Had a rivalry They were always taking jabs At each other in the magazines Weren't they, Carl?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, all through the 70s, there were, like, top and stuff, you know. Like, Mad Magazine had their TV series, which is only one shot, and it's fucking good, and look for it on YouTube. Right, Carl? Right. You. Were, so, National Lampoon had their one shot, which was... I'm sorry, Carl, i got to mention this one. Disco beaver from Mars
2: No, from outer space
0: From outer space
2: Ah, yes Oh, good God I remember watching that On HBO And say, God, this is Fucking awful
1: (laughs) Yeah
0: I mean, they were Trying their best To do stuff National Lampoon But then they got lucky To get one of the best Comic screenwriters One of the better Comic directors And one of the best Fucking comic cast Of that time When it came out
1: Of course You're Uh, talking about
0: John Belushi uh, I mean It was just a great cast Great score And that's National Lampoon's Animal House And that movie Changed the game didn't
2: it, Carl? Absolutely. And
0: And it's one of those weird movies where you watch it at 20 and you're like,
1: yeah, I'm
0: with these guys. I love these fucking guys. I love this fucking movie. But then when you turn 35 on, you fucking despise those guys. Yeah. Didn't you have that feeling too, Carl?
2: Yeah, I, I was... I mean, I found the movie amusing, but I was never one of the big ones that loved it like so many people I know.
0: The best scene in that movie is when they went in the Black, go- black Bar.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely.
0: Because it had the college bar band of the 60s in it, didn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it had that... Uh,
0: wasn't that Otis Day? Yeah, Otis Day. Yeah. One of them is like Otis Day. and They tried to get Dave Clark in the hot nuts, but for some reason they had broken up at the time and they weren't yeah. in one of their periods. But that movie right. was a giant box office hit. So didn't William Gaines mention that in his interview when he talked to him how he was like, well, if National Lampoon could do it, we could do it. Well, I
2: talked to him after the movie was out. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't really talk about what you just said. He was like so pissed off about how it was done
1: and so on and so forth. Yeah.
0: I mean, they hired Robert Downey Jr. to direct this, and he was one of the bad. Senior, 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 senior. And he was one of the best comic directors of the 70s, and meanest. Yeah, so, uh, what uh, movie you, know, was you expecting
2: Float. What? Putney Swole, Reacher's Palace, really Palace. anti-establishment.
0: And on paper, that looks fucking beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What yep. movie were you expecting when you... Well, when I saw it
2: I thought okay this is going to be great because I knew I knew who Robert Downey Sr. was I knew that it was going to be and you know you had Ron Weidman who was in Where's Papa you had all this stuff I thought this is going to be like great and it was like the biggest piece of shit I've seen and you could tell that it was fucked with Sometimes you you get you get a situation where you just know the movie is a mess because someone in in, in the upper echelon of the studio said, "Ah, oh, we're not we're not going to let them do what they want to do." And you they wanted,
0: Warner Brothers wanted another Animal House, and Robert Downey Jr. and Gaines wanted an anarchy film like. A Robert Downey Jr. film. Yeah. And by the time it came out, William Gaines took his... Left the, he was contractually forced to leave the Mad Magazine name on it. But you can mm-hmm. bet goddamn well he took his name off of it.
1: Well, there
2: are three cuts to the movie. There's yeah. the theatrical cut, which I saw. There is the H the, the uh BHS cut which cuts out gain gains and I think it cuts out um the writer too. And by the way, that's who was one of the writers of who? this. Robert Klein Where's oh, fucking papa?
0: And don't forget Took there was three off of it. cameos of uh Alfred E. Newman. That they cut out.
1: Right. hmm
0: Which makes the ending you know,
2: make they're, no
1: they're, sense.
2: You know, and then the third cut is the one where Liebman cuts, you know, his credit out, too. And I think in that Rich, cut, that when it comes to the character, though. it says, hold on. It says uh, the character is, and, and the actor's name is Fuck You.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a VHS cut. That one goes for a lot nowadays. <laughs> but let's be honest. Lieberman is fucking great in that movie. If anybody says anything from that movie, it's Lieberman.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, I mean, and, and you know, you mentioned this, but I actually talked to William Gaines in 1981, yeah. Uh, He was on a TV show. I just moved to New York. He was on a radio show, WBAI, and I was listening. And I called in, and I asked him, what the hell happened? And now, BAI at the time, uh, they had to cut out some of the language. But (laughs) the first thing he said is, it's a piece of shit, and they fucked it up. The studio (laughs) fucked me. Yeah.
0: It's sad that he didn't write about that in his book when he finally wrote his autobiography.
2: Oh, man. He didn't want to. It, it was really painful for him. It's one they thing did he did say. He said, of what they it, did to that was, was, it was so painful. He'll never do film again, and he never did.
0: No. I mean, really, there's in the two page ad for this, there's like one guy with a t shirt and a big collage. It says fuck you Warner Brothers. hmm And what other movie used that exact same T shirt design car design, Carl?
2: Hmm. Remember too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Lieberman is great. I mean, if you anyone ever talks about the movie, they just remember going, Do it again, what? Do it again? <laughs> And of course, Tom Poston is fucking great in it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, so you know great. that one line of Lieberman that's his funniest is an improv because they didn't give a fuck anymore after the studio was fucking with them. Right. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? No, go ahead. Well, they were at the Cotillion, and he leans over that girl and said... Do you like bondage? What? You know, being tied up by rope.
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> yeah, they did that as sort of a fucky to the studio, and it was a complete improvisation for him. If you look at the girl's face, you could tell that she didn't expect him to say that. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, the thing about it is he was a theater actor, and you could tell by the choices he made that he wanted to deuce things off the – you know, you know the other thing he was in. Why you forget this? Now, not a great movie. Okay? Zorro the Gay Blade. But he fucking played Esteban, who was the main villain. He was wonderful.
0: That movie, I don't know what the hell went wrong with Zorro the Gay Blade, but he was great. And George Hamilton was great as the gay brother. I wish they would have kept the gay brother into the whole film. Whenever he acts as him acting as straight Zorro, the movie is gold. Yeah. I mean, with a title like that, was you expecting a straight Zorro through most of the movie?
2: No. No.
0: And, yes, blade was a slur back then. (laughs) Mm
2: hmm And then, of course, he does Far Lap, which is a really good horse movie.
0: Yeah. I'm not
2: a huge horse movie fan, but... It's a damn good one,
0: unless it's the kind you can get on uh, Pornhub. But let's not talk about that.
2: No, not even now. No, no thanks.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that was always on the cusp, but he never did get that role.
2: Mm-hmm. He never did.
1: Which but is it's a shame he is because, because he a movie gets such good it
0: was worth watching.
1: Hmm. And and but I mean there there TV were TV
2: a lot of TV stuff he did and 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 you'd see him in in lots of shows murder she wrote uh, but he did uh, <clears throat> he did Pacific Station which was an and CPW two two series that only lasted a year but he also did a movie you should talk about cuz it's your what? favorite director what? Night Falls on Manhattan.
0: That was one of Lumet's weaker films.
1: Okay. But that's the Andy Garcia. That,
0: what? Yeah, Andy Garcia. Oh. It's one of those where they try to promote Andy Garcia as the star afterwards. And it's just your basic boilerplate noir. Basically, but Lieberman, Lieberman
2: has a good role in that, though.
0: Oh, yeah, Lieberman's good. Matt when he's able to cast people that he wants in the role, they're fucking great. But you can just right. tell by watching this that Garcia was forced on him, can't you? hmm He didn't fit in the Matt film. <laughs> He wanted, what's his name, who who was in uh Eyes of Jury, the set, the Cohen Armando
2: one? Sante.
0: He wanted Armando Sante as the lead. But they were like, no, Andy Garcia's hot after Godfather 3, we got to put him in. All right. And even Andy Garcia agrees that he didn't fit. All
1: right.
0: But he did say he loves working with Lieberman, though
2: yeah and 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 it's based on the real life case of Larry Davis a drug dealer who shot six cops but was acquitted
0: yeah mm-hmm. blue Matt was really good with the cop that was his thing in the seventies eighties of the real crime movies it seems right, but yeah I mean. What did
2: Lieberman do in the 90s? I remember there was something gold that he did then. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, basically, he did like... Uh, one of the things he did was Don King only in America. in a small role there. He was in was- Law & Order Special uh, Victims Unit, uh recurring role in the 2000s. Um, he was in the Adrian Brody movie, Dummy which is not a good oh. film. But uh, but he's in a film that we both really like. So yeah. I have trouble recommending it because it's so sleazy.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And that's Autofocus. And he's great at oh, Autofocus. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. That one is fucking great. That one is basically the true story of uh, Bob Crane.
2: Who was the star of Hogan's Heroes.
0: Yeah, and a porn freak. Yeah. And more interesting, he was an AV freak. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where most of his money went, is he would buy the newest electronic gadgets, video cameras, and all that.
1: Yep.
2: But there's three of them that that, that, sort of... Piled together an autofocus. Bob Crane and two two other people. And one is uh, Ron Liebman and the other one is Willem Dafoe.
0: and yeah, that one Dafoe and, and, played is the one that everyone knows that killed Bob Crane, but they never could get the proof.
2: Right. And Greg Kinnear played Bob Crane. And everybody in that movie just does a great job. Yeah.
0: There's only one time that Uh, Schrader got pissed off during the movie. What? You remember how hard he tried to keep it, period, authentic? Right. Well, that one girl who lifted up her shirt? Yeah? He had a modern boob job and modern boob job scars. Whoops. And he was pissed.
2: I can believe it.
0: Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? This is not done in the fucking 70s. <laughs> but he kept it in because he didn't have no choice. But, yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. It's one of the best, better true crime movies there is, too. Yeah. And it's the one of uh, Schrader's early 00 films when he was getting no- Oscar nods up the ass that he didn't get one for, and I was shocked.
1: Yeah. yeah but and, then and, a and lot of, of course him the other thing
2: you know i right, just going on with, with Lehman, um he was also uh uh on friends he was the father of a character i forget who i think it was rachel i'm not sure um, you know uh just great work, and of course he ended up uh if you watch this show archer uh he had a uh recurring role. Uh, for a couple seasons uh, as Ron Cadillac, too.
0: Haven't you noticed that all of his best movies that me and you love the most are ones that we really can't recommend straight across the board? (laughs)
2: Well, you know, one of the things about it is he was a a, a, a theater actor, and and he was an experimental theater actor. So he wanted to push the envelope. And he looked for roles that push the envelope. Now, you and I were talking, the only other person we can really, like, put in the same level as what Ron Liebman is, if you know who Tony Lobianco is.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> because he was Ron on, like, third level was never of, got the uh, real character. Push, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, wouldn't you say that he's on, like, level three, which is like Tony, Tony Labianco. uh, uh Lieberman himself uh what's his name from uh God told me too the other one with him
2: no that's Tony, not Tony the other one yes yeah, they're on the same level they're on the same level no
0: i mean the other one the one that played his brother in the movie
2: oh oh richard lynch
0: yeah richard lynch Just guys that were great, but because they never had the ability to do normal ro- Peter Falk, too. Even though Peter well, Falk, Falk was Falk. a big hit in Columbo. If you, look, if you just look at his cinematic career, Peter Falk never did many normal movies.
2: Well, he was hooked up with Cassavetes. <laughs> yeah. And then Ben Vendors.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the third tier is great because the second tier I put, would you put the other guy who died a couple of weeks ago from Bonnie and Clyde in the third tier too?
2: Yes, Michael Pollard. I definitely would.
0: Yeah, Pollard. The first tier is the God tier, and that would be. Uh,
2: Philip Seymour Paris-
0: Hoffman. What?
2: Hoffman. Philip Seymour
0: Hoffman. Yeah, Philip Seymour on. Hoffman and uh, the other guy from – the guy – two guys from Sideways. No, the guy, other yeah, guy Paul from
2: Sideways.
0: Yeah, Paul Thomas Church.
2: Oh, yeah, Giamatti for sure.
0: You know, there's one guy we haven't mentioned. That's because he's not even first level. He's God.
2: Uh, Harry Dean Stanton?
0: Dean Stanton, Yeah. <laughs> It's like no, another shot. guy put <laughs> on the first <laughs> tier. What?
2: Or Willem Dafoe.
0: Yeah, Dafoe. It's
2: first tier. I'd say he's first tier.
0: Yeah. But second tier, I would put like uh, what's his, uh, the guy from Autofocus? Uh, Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Dern in his later years.
2: Yeah, Bruce, Bruce to me is first tier, though. Bruce is first tier.
0: Yeah. Stacey Keach is first tier.
2: Yeah, Stacey's first tier.
0: Where would you put Durville Martin? Third?
2: Third tier. Third and there's also sort of a fourth tier, maybe even fourth, because people like uh, Sidney Lassick
0: yeah, Sydney Who Elastic. I adore,
2: but Sidney is limited on what he can do.
0: And plus, he's always, Sidney Lassick is one of those guys that's like, who's that guy? Right. Oh, Dick Miller is definitely first tier.
2: You know what? He's only first tier in terms of, you know, he is... Who's that guy? They actually did a uh, thing, and he is the first real Who's that guy. So, yeah, he's first here because of that.
0: No, I have never seen who him call Who's that guy in a movie. It's always, uh, and this is what the movie title should have been. Oh, crap, it's Dick Miller.
2: <laughs> well, it's early stuff. It's like, Who's that? When I was growing up,
0: yeah, it's like, yeah. who is that? Well, Dick Miller's the only guy I know that had a scene where he was in a western, and he shot – he played an Indian who gets shot out of the tree. The next day, Corwin put him in the movie as a cowboy extra, and because of the screw-up, he ended up killing himself in the same movie.
2: No, we, we we love Dick Miller. We love Dick
1: Miller.
0: If you want some good stories so, about up the academy, uh, look up Ralph Macchio's story about filming that movie.
2: Oh, what does Macchio have to say about that? I've never heard.
0: He's like, he's like, it was his first movie. He went in there, and then he's like he's seen. He's like, I'm working with Robert Downey Jr. I think, you know, he's like all these names that he'd watch. He's His dad had told him, and he's like, you go to work with, what's his name, da-da-da. And then he got to the set and it was like a funeral tomb. Yeah. He said he got there the second day of filming and already no one wanted to be there.
2: Oh, what a shame. Yeah, the, the conversations I had with Bill Gaines, it was only five minutes, but he is extremely bitter. About it, extremely bitter, and and uh, just you know couldn't say anything good about Universal. Put it out, uh, and, and just was absolutely livid over the whole situation.
0: And from what one, and from what I've heard, the uh, Downer Downey Junior cut is tolerable. Which means it's shit, but it ain't a total piece of shit. And that they had to sneak and do that cut. And we lost Carl again. He'll be back in a second. Sorry. Oh, don't worry. Did you hear what I said? There's supposedly a uh, uh, Morton uh, Robert Downey Senior cut that they that he snuck and did before uh, he got banned from the editing room.
2: No, there, there isn't. At least not not that Gaines knew of. Not that Gaines knew of at all. Because he and, and Downey were really close, and if that would have happened, that you can bet your ass they would have said, fuck you, and, and tried to release it themselves. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, What the problem is is that Up the Academy was a movie they were going to do anyway as a, as a National Lampoon cash-in, but they decided – but Robert Downey Jr. came in and William Gaines came in and, you know – that's why they couldn't no. lost control, because it was already a project in motion.
2: Oh, that's a damn shame.
0: But they wouldn't admit they wouldn't have got Lieberman, they wouldn't have got Barbara Bach, they wouldn't have got anybody that they worked with if it wasn't for the Mad Magazine, Downey Sr. connection.
1: Well,
2: it, it, it's such a shame. It really is, and 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 in many ways, if you take a look at Senior's filmography, that should have really shot him up, and unfortunately, after that, it, the quality went down, and the p- financing went down, and it just was got more and more difficult for him, and that's a shame. He
0: got the worst reputation I, you can get in Hollywood because of the Academy. Yeah. Difficult to work with. Yep. Which was yeah, bullshit. That's bullshit,
2: too. Anyway.
0: But, yeah, I mean... So, we're, I, we're almost well, at you, 9 uh, o'clock here. Yeah, so we're So, we do have someone in. else that
2: we need to talk about.
0: Well, we can talk about the elephant until Vicky shows up.
3: Oh, okay. Me, I'm going to hang up.
1: Oh, there she is. You pissed her off already, Carl. You pissed her off already. She's just
0: been here. i just (laughs) seen your name. Who are you guys
3: talking about?
0: We were talking about Ron Lieber and installing for time until you showed up. And the reason is is that we can't talk about this guy without having the number one Star Trek fan of our crew here.
2: No, we can't. (laughs)
0: And the third one came last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last night. It was right after I did my show at 9 o'clock, and I got off, and I seen Say His Name, Carl, because I always screwed up.
2: Renee Abershanois. Yeah,
0: and the first thing I said is, we got to have Vicky on here. Right. Because Elton well, well, um... was a character, Carl. Vicky, and now you take it. Huh? What? How beloved was his Deep Star, Star Trek Deep Space Nine character?
3: Oh God. <laughs> um, really, like second only to Cisco. You know, he's like the favorite character, except for. Commander Cisco, Captain Cisco, whatever he was.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's wild where he got to, and then he was Odo. I think he was surprised the first time he went to a Star Trek convention how loved he was.
3: I don't know. I never got to meet him. <laughs>
0: Well, it's weird. You never really have seen much of a Star Trek Deep Space Nine presence at the conventions, have you? Well,
3: I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a Deep Space Nine. um, You know, that's it's not my favorite one. So it's, but I like there. There are characters that I really like on that show, and there are episodes and story arcs I really like on that show. And the Odo character is one of my favorites because his story arc is so unique.
2: Yeah, and and that's not the only thing, of course, he's known
1: for. You know. Oh on God, TV. no.
3: This is no, you know like okay that. when he first huh. it was the Shakespeare that I really knew him from. When I first saw that he was going to be on Deep Space Nine, I thought, what a coup for them. A Shakespearean actor. And following in the footsteps of Patrick Stewart, who's a Shakespearean actor also.
0: Well, I knew him from Benson when I was a kid, before I seen him in any movies.
2: Yeah, he played the... uh, you know the the head guy in the governor's office that sort of like uh, got everything together right. and did all the schedules and that.
3: Yeah, I used to watch Benson too. No, there were only so many choices back then.
1: Oh yeah, and that's Benson true. It was
3: a decent show. But do you know that um, uh, uh, Marina Surtis, her uh, who played Counselor Troy? You know her mm-hmm. husband died also yesterday. He died All in right. his sleep. So within twenty four hours, three people connected to Star Trek died. Who died?
0: Oh yeah. Well, well, we gotta talk about the biggest one who died. We got a Vicky that's this the writer. Oh, Dorothy Fontana. No kidding. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's really four four people from Star Trek died within two days. It's, like, unbelievable. Yeah, So D. who lost all when
2: they upper D.C. Fontana? Anna, Archer, D. C. Fontana?
3: Um, you were talking about Ron Lieberman. He Ron was, Lieberman. Um, um, no, it's not him. The, okay, a, a the actor who played Charlie X, here, let me, mm-hmm. died.
1: Oh, yeah, Pollard.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, Pollard, yes. Um, well,
2: Pollard. Um, well, Pollard died. Pollard did too. Yeah, but I know who you're talking about. I saw that.
3: Okay. So, right, Robert Walker Jr.
1: Mm, that's he it. died,
3: and he played a, an iconic role on Star Trek: The Original Series. Um, Charlie X. He played lots of other roles after Charlie, but Charlie was in love with Yeoman Rand and he did he that was like the big thing, Yeoman Rand, who I personally met her, I forget her name. But um she lived here in Fresno County. This is where she was from. And uh and that Charlie X um episode was written by Dorothy Fontana, D C Fontana. And and so it's just weird. Dorothy died, then Robert died, then Renee died. And then they found out that during the night before Renee died, um, Marina's husband died. And so it's no, like no. This, this, yeah, it's just really spooky and freaky.
0: Okay, here's a serious question. Did she... Uh... Use her name as D.C. Fontana to hide her gender while she was writing in the early days?
3: um,
0: It was, uh, no, she used to write under
3: Dorothy, but Mm -hmm. she also knew, like all women back then, that you can sell more if you um, hide your gender. So she used D.C. also. And so on Star Trek, even though Gene Roddenberry didn't say do it, um, she wanted D.C. Fontana. and But I, even as a kid, even as a kid, the D.C. Fontana stories are the best. You know, Spock and Spock's parents and um, uh, Worf and Worf's parents and all. She wrote all those. I knew that D.C. Fontana had to be a woman, the way in which the stories were written. I knew it couldn't hide her humanity behind a couple of letters.
0: How many of the shows did she work on?
3: Oh, gosh. I don't have her... I can get her filmography up. Um, Let's see. Oh, she were... Some of the very best, in fact, they say that... um, Hers were the best. Let's see. Let's see if I can get... Yeah, I never darker.
1: knew it was a
0: girl, but I always knew that the D.C. Fontana episodes were the best you could get. Right, Carl?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Memory Alpha ought to tell us exactly...
0: Um, I just don't know if she worked on Deep Space Nine or Voyager
1: or.
3: Yeah, she worked on um, Next Generation. She worked on, she did a lot of the animated series. That was, and Deep Space Nine.
1: She wrote
3: Charlie, Charlie X, Tomorrow is Yesterday, Journey to Babel, Babel. Uh, This Side of Paradise, (coughs) Uh, The Way to Eden, The Enterprise Incident, which I really like that one.
0: Man, you're just basically reading off the best episodes of the original series.
3: Right, right. She was an um, associate producer and story editor for the entire animated series.
0: A.K.A. Season 4, or was it Season 5 of Star Trek? For what? Basically, the animated only... series has been retconned as the last season of Star Trek.
3: Right, right. That would be Season 4 because they only had three yeah. seasons of the original. hmm um, she also wrote, she co-wrote with Roddenberry and um, with somebody else, Gerald, wrote The Encounter at Farpoint, which is the two-part beginning episode of uh, Next Generation and got a Hugo Award nomination for that.
0: Yeah, damn.
3: Yeah, she also did um she also helped William Shatner with his and I love this this documentary William Shatner presents Chaos on Chaos on the Bridge. You can see that on Netflix or yeah. you can even find it on Amazon Prime. Um yeah, I really like that. She wrote um she wrote a great deal of Jadzia Dax's backstory and the episode far beyond the stars, which is, um, really important. And then, um, on, she also wrote a couple of episodes for the enterprise for enterprise, the, the, um, the show with, um, Captain oh, Archer. Scott
2: Bakula.
3: Yeah, Scott back. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, you wrote if I could
2: Sheldon. backtrack a little bit,
1: okay,
2: go ahead. Um, or, or, or we can go on with DC Pontana, but I need to get back to Renee Law because I've got some things to say.
3: Well,
2: of course. Well, yeah,
3: we'll get back to him. Um
0: okay. Just yeah, we will. You this know, Vicky's trying to strut. She ain't strutting him up. I much. know. I know. <laughs> Let, her, let the peacock strut and show her feathers. <laughs> and,
3: uh, yeah, well, she also was, um, she also worked on the TV version of Logan's Run. And, um, let's see. And she did a lot of the um, stories for the video games. Star Trek um, Bridge Commander, Star Trek Legacy, Star Trek Tactical Assault. And she did um Star Trek New Voyages. So, um I mean when they say that she more than anyone was responsible for Star Trek, it uh it's really true. Is that gonna be
0: and on so the uh, one season wonder show, Carl? Logan's Run?
2: Um, uh, probably not. I'm not going to mention it.
0: It was a good show.
2: I didn't actually see it, to be honest.
0: Well, it was based on the continuation novels. It started right where the movie left off, not the book, but them blasting off into space. Right, Vicky?
3: Yeah. Yes. Um, I like the Quester tapes, and she worked on that also. Oh, that
2: was. Incredible. Oh, I remember that. that I like that. I
3: remember
0: yeah. Yeah. I always wish they would have on, kept
3: that going.
2: Didn't
0: you work on that one shot? Uh, the Norless tapes too. The one
2: with the I don't the know. No, I don't think she did. Uh, oh. That was a Dan Curtis thing.
1: Yeah.
2: That was that was Dan Curtis behind that.
1: Oh, yeah, a thing.
0: thing that's something that's pretty much lost nowadays. It should come out and let people see. Mm-hmm.
3: And so, yeah, she did win that Hugo Award for a Encounter
0: at Farpoint
1: Point. That's a great That well, was
3: one of the best pilot
0: shows I think ever. It's always, whenever yeah. I see a list best 10 pilots, it's always on there.
3: Right. Yep. Agreed. Okay, let's see. Get this out of here. Yes. And so, yeah, you want to talk about Renee? I mean, come on. I I was just shocked when I saw the cast for um, Deep Space Nine. I was completely shocked. Are you walking upstairs, Carl?
1: I'm walking downstairs. Yeah, he's dragging
0: a body. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. what it sounds like. <laughs> Wait, Carl, shut up before you get in there and an the echo. I want to do this while she's here. Okay, everybody. this If you just heard this, this Sunday she's doing Vicky Loves Sci Fi, and good Lord. I think it's going to be packed to the seams with all the stuff she really mentioned, isn't it, Vicki? Mm-hmm.
3: Right, well, I mean, if we're going to pack in the 2010 plus 2019, and by Sunday, the, um, uh, the long-awaited fourth season of um, The Expanse will be out, I mean, there's so much to talk about, it's just unreal.
0: And uh, Watchmen wraps up Sunday. Right. Well,
3: that'll be. Oh, that'll be after the show. But that's.
1: Yeah.
3: um I never liked Linda, Lindelof. Um, never liked anything he's ever done. But Watchmen is really special. It's really something else.
0: Yeah, and the weird thing I don't is, know how if it wraps it up. up Sunday and doesn't come back for a second season, I'll be happy if they just, yeah. just stock it out of the park yeah. with this one.
3: Right. I agree. And have they rescheduled Westworld yet? Yeah, it's going to be, I think, in um this, like, January.
1: Oh, that's and it's cool. not
3: then maybe spring. I can't remember. It was first going to be in January, the first announcement, and then I think they shoved it to spring, which I don't understand. I don't understand why um, um, that, that sound is, like, distracting me.
1: I don't understand
3: why it's so hard to produce TV these days compared to Years ago
0: Look at the When budget they used to, to do use 24 Now, Dave Both TV shows are in and out Hey, Carl The yeah, wind Carl, is blowing right. That wind's killing us, man Yeah, oh, okay. we can't
3: hear each other Turn it off
1: Okay. You don't up, have to we'll listen <laughs> Okay Yes, I do if you're Sorry. smoking, just, just
0: look at the budget just... they're working with nowadays, Vicki. I mean, in the old days, look, they would remember, they would always talk about we got Star Trek done one episode in a week. Right. Right. Nowadays, they're like spending like uh, just. to bring up the the battle between the ice warrior, the dark warriors, and the light warriors. That episode alone cost like uh, five, like 10 to 20 million dollars and used like hundreds of extras.
3: Right. Well, that's because they want to produce, you know, movies for TV shows now. And I don't know if that's better because I don't like 10 episode seasons. Ten episode seasons leaves out so much character building.
1: That's one of the why Watchmen
0: is so good. Because No,
3: Carl, don't talk yet. Can't hear you.
0: Yet. Yeah. That's why Watchmen is so good because they're focusing on the character building.
1: Rather than right. God, could
3: you just turn it off for whatever, whatever you're doing, Carl, just turn it off for a minute.
1: Okay, I'll call oh, okay. back in.
3: Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Okay. okay. Just unplug.
1: Jesus.
0: <laughs> it's the time for Jesus.
3: It's yeah, Christmas time. Yeah,
0: spending too much money and everything. I mean... I remember when will come out, they were bragging they were spending close to like $1 million an episode.
3: That's not something to brag about. <laughs> not when you can't give people um, the show. Making us wait over a year for 10 more episodes is ridiculous.
0: The Walking Dead started that too. Instead of doing whole seasons, they did that whole half season and then... Wait three months, then you got to watch the other half of the season.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it still wasn't ten episodes, and that's fine with me if it's twenty episodes. If it's ten seasons, yeah, and then three months later—I mean, ten episodes—and then three months later, it's ten more episodes. That's fine. But I damn think it. the one
0: who's got it down pat nowadays is. Uh... I hope Well look at I High agree. Castle Each one of the I, I've been watching my... uh, yeah, I've been go watching ahead,
2: uh, The them. Man in the High Castle I think the 10 episode arcs per season Are perfect
3: I don't I, I think it would be a lot better And once <laughs> you see season 4 um, And then read the What people are saying You'll agree with what they're saying mm-hmm.
0: What I mean is that with the Amazon method, if they want to make the episode more than 1 hour, they can do it, no problem, because right. each episode is its own thing.
1: So right. they can solve right. some of
0: the problems right. with the 10 episode art, but if you're on HBO, it's like, okay, you got 10 episodes. You got 1 hour per episode.
3: Right. Right. Well, Game of
0: Thrones had
3: a couple of episodes each season that went an hour and ten minutes and and so that was to shorten the season by episodes because when Game of Thrones first started, they were what fifteen episodes, thirteen episodes, yeah, a season and and so, I mean, they ran like three months. They started in April and end in June with the earlier uh, season. So, yeah, I don't know. This whole this whole Netflix is the one who really started doing the ten episode season. Damn Netflix! Yeah, but there
0: wasn't no fatten or any of their hour episodes. Every bit of it mattered. So.
3: Right, right.
0: Like right, True. you don't have to have those. In, uh, the last season of Game of Thrones where nothing happened.
3: <laughs> and everything was in the dark if it did happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like that joke from Monty Python and the Holy Grail in Jabberwocky. You know, the scene where, right. you don't know talk about, Carl, where they make fun of the whole fact that they're walking somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're going to be somewhere, but we're filling up time. We'll be somewhere soon, and then action will happen. Don't worry about the batting. <laughs> but, yeah, go ahead, Carl. This is his pre-stuff, the stuff that Carl likes. Uh, no, just kidding. He did some what? great work. Go ahead, Carl.
2: But, uh, okay, get, getting back to Rene and moi. Most people know him from Deep Space Nine. Uh, He was also on Boston Legal, which he he was really good in that, too. He was in four seasons of that Uh, and worked with with William Shatner on that show. Uh, And, of course, we mentioned Benson. But where I got to know him was the first movie he ever did. Now, he had done some walk-on parts in that beforehand, but he was hired by Robert Altman. To do uh, Mash, and he was hired as as Father Mulcahy, so he was the first Father Mulcahy in the movie. And and the thing about him is he became part of Altman's rep, uh, rep players, and and just fantastic work. Um, if you don't know some of the the stuff that he did, uh, uh I would say you need to see – he, of course, is in um, uh, Brewster McCloud. That's a film I love. He plays the lecturer, whereas it's this very weird comedy about um, Brewster who wants to, to to fly in the astrodome with, with handmade wings. And he plays uh, the lecturer in oh, the uh, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. That hold on. Hold on.
1: what is is that I don't don't know
3: know. I don't freaking know what
1: the fuck is that that?
2: anyway anyway, what I was going to say that's okay so what I was going to say was that uh, during this movie he is the lecturer he's telling people what's going on and as the movie goes on he turns into a bird every time you see him he has more feathers and so on and so forth he has a uh, role in a movie <coughs> called Images, uh, and it's his only lead role he ever had in that movie. And that's, a, that's sort of like Altman's uh, take on Repulsion, on Polanski's Repulsion. Uh, he's in McCabe and Mrs. Miller in a major role. Uh, talking about Rod Serling, he's in one of the best segments ever uh, in Night Gallery. Camera obscura, which is really oh scary.
3: yeah, that's right, that's true. It's really um, good,
2: and and, and uh, he's in movies like Pete and Tilly, and and so on and so forth. But it's still, his work with Altman, <laughs> where I fell in love with with him, and 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 just thought he was great, and 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 then I was so happy to see him on so many shows. I mean, he was in shows like the bionic woman, Rhoda. It was in the movie, the Hindenburg. You would see him in these small roles, supporting roles, and it was always always a joy to see Rene Arbashemois. But for me, I will always connect him with, with Robert Altman. So I just wanted to make that that connection as far as, uh, as his passing because it hit me hard okay. because... How much I love Robert Altman and, 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 and the work during the 70s So,
0: Okay there you oh, go. What is the main metaphor that's used a lot In Brewster McCroud? It's a substance bird What shit. is it And it's all what happens shit. if we take away What Renee Ajabois turns into
1: <laughs>
0: I <laughs> don't know oh, What do you listen. get when you Go ahead You get shit and that's
1: enough said about that movie. <laughs> Take away I, I happen Rene to Oswald like and all you're left with is shit. <laughs>
2: Listen, it's it's not one of his best, but god damn it's weird. <laughs> and just for that, it's worth it. And just you know, I tell you what, it might be shit, but Renee Alberson Waugh goes over the top and is just fantastic in that role. And he's funny. That's one thing that, that I think we forget about him because he always had these these uh sort of like staunch roles where he was in charge or something like that, even in Benson. Uh but man, uh he was funny. He was really Wasn't he funny.
0: one of the two main main characters at the end part of McCabe and Mrs. Miller that uh, yep. meets uh Miller on the bridge?
2: <clears throat> yeah, that's Sharon. He was Sheeran, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me asking about it without spoiling it. Whoop, whoop.
2: Yeah. I was Sheeran.
3: <laughs> well, he's uh, done a lot more, a lot more than
0: that. Yeah, he well, was always I mean, in Shakespeare in the park every summer when they did it in Central Park during its heyday. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, another thing, too. Let's not forget he had a major role in Eyes of Laura Mars,
0: too. Oh, and we're forgetting. What's one of our, all three of our favorite kids' movies from the 80s? And it also has Christopher Lee and Jeff Bridges in it and Mia Farrow. I don't know. The Last Unicorn. Oh, oh. yeah, He plays the skeleton who wants to get drunk on wine.
1: Oh, let's not
2: forget he was the chef in, in Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, but he's just so great in The Last Unicorn. Oh, is that real wine? Oh. <laughs> and he just shows up yeah. like, drinking it on through. him. He's like, oh, this is premium vintage here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> True.
0: Well, True. he did a lot
3: of um, uh, voice acting also. When you say um, the the last unicorn, he also did video games. One of my favorite video games of all time, Uncharted. He was the voice of Carl Schaefer in uh, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. If any of you out there are Uncharted fans like I am, and if you get the deluxe edition for your PS4, you'll have Uncharted 1, 2, 3, and 4. And so you can have him... Uh, His voice, Renee's voice, is Carl Schaefer, which is pretty damn cool. And then he was um, the voice of Odo, of course, for Star Trek Online. In Fallout New New Vegas, uh, he's the the voice of Mr. House. And so he also found a lot of... um, Uh, work and fans in the video game industry. Oh, yeah, Carl Schaefer comes back in Uncharted 3, Drake's um, Deception, of course. And so he guest starred on every year. He had at least two different guest stars on two different really big um, shows, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Criminal Minds. And then he moved on. He was on Archer for a while. And Pound Puppies, he was a voice. And um, then he, became, he created this character for a series that I love that was on a uh, sci-fi channel called Warehouse 13. And he was, uh, his character's name was Hugo Miller. And Hugo Miller was a foil for one of the characters on, uh, well, the original Wonder Woman, Liz, Lindsay Wagner, not Wonder Woman, $6 billion or whatever she was. Maybe she was a $10 billion woman. I don't know. No, it's bionic you know. Woman. Bionic Woman, that's it. She was also on Warehouse 13, and there was a love trial, uh, triangle between um, her and one of the main characters and uh, Renee's character, Hugo Miller. And so it was. Um, it was very touching. He was in four or five ep- episodes. It was a, a really good part for him. And so he was a, a guest star on that. Then he went to Ben 10, which was a TV series doing um, uh, voices again. And then um, his his last series that he was on is the. Series on Netflix that everyone loves, and that's Madam Secretary. I I watch that, and uh, that one just wrapped
0: up Sunday.
3: Yep, and he was Walter Walter Nowak.
1: and yeah. uh,
3: um, so I mean, every just because he was most famous for Odo back in the nineties, and that carried because Star Trek is such a huge thing. Um, He's also got all this other stuff that he's done and been in yeah, deep and so the,
0: huh big deeper well
3: he's also there's also going to be this thing called cortex that he that's in post production, and he was in it he played a character named Parks. I have no idea what this is, but so this will come out you know post post passing away. He was also in the librarians. I mean God he played in every show there is.
2: Okay. I gotta mention one that, that, that I loved. Uh the, the reboot of the Looney Tunes show. Yeah. He actually did the voice of Pepe Le Pew.
3: Wow, that's pretty cool. Yep. And he well, was in um, he was a re-
0: our RRP shows, it is going to be dig deeper. Because just because you like Guy on one show, that doesn't mean they just appeared in one show out of the freaking blue and then vanished out of the freaking blue.
3: Right, no. right. I mean, he was in um, the 2001-2003 the to 2003, the Justice League series and um, uh, Gallus Zed was his um, name, but he was also... Uh, a, a semi-regular on Boston Legal between 2004
2: and 2008, a really He he was credited. He every show it was on in every yeah. show during those four years. Yeah. No.
3: And so, um, so I mean, there's a lot. Oh, Saving Grace, which was a very short-lived TV show that had one of the Stargate. Um, Actors In it Dr. Daniel Jackson Um, So It's not like Renee was not out there Working, making a living And in a ton of different Genres of entertainment He just kept Working and working I
1: guess
3: Even as he was ill Because this post-production This I think it's a movie. I'm not sure. Let's see. Post production. What? What is it called? Um, I don't know. It doesn't say much about it. I think it's a movie though. It's called Cortex. It's a thriller. But he's billed here as second <laughs> second star. So even though he was not feeling very well, he still was working. So that that shows you what kind of a work ethic he had. Which yeah. oh, and best. I have
2: to mention another film he was in that that um, um, Stephen will will appreciate. He was in Walker. He was the third build in Walker. I'd forgotten about it. Was he was Major yeah. Hemington.
0: That was. And that that's a film with Alex
2: Cox, Alex Cox yeah. directed, who did uh, Repo Man.
0: That's a bizarre movie. It's a cross between when the real Walker invaded Grenada back in the 1812s, mixed with the Reagan invasion of Grenada that's today. And it's just good just for the acting. The 80s preaching is dated a lot, but you got Ed Harris... uh, Renee, oh, listen, Cy Richardson
2: You have Keith Sarabachka, You've got Cy Richardson Peter Doyle, Boyle, Marlene Matlin uh, uh, Garrett Graham
1: yeah. Oh, yeah
0: It is a good movie But it's really when Alex Cox started to go off the rails Yeah And to wrap things up Thank you to every one of the guys that we mentioned tonight. Especially thank you to uh, the guy who played Big Bird. I forgot his Carol name. Carol Spinney. Yeah, Carol. Vicky's, I grew up with him as a kid. Vicky's kid yep. grew up with him.
1: Uh, yep. Absolutely.
0: He was a big char- part of all of our childhood. And Ron yeah, Lieberman is of those guys that we love, but really never did get that one big chance. But Gosh. Renee, hell, I'll put him in second tier when it comes to character actors, wouldn't you, Carl?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: A workhorse, because you would know his name. He's not. He's definitely not a who, who's that guy. You well would you, Vicky Carl? Would you put him as one of the who's that guy types?
2: Yes, I would. Yeah, I mean he, he's known. He's known specifically for roles. If you're a Star Trek fan, you know him as Odo. If you know Benson, you know him as his character. Uh yeah. So you know who he is, uh, but you may not remember the name.
0: Oh, and Carl, he told one story in an interview once, I think it was for Shock Cinema, where he walked on uh, the set of Benson, and the guy that mm-hmm. played the governor,
2: right, walked
0: up and said, you're the son of a bitch who killed so-and-so in that movie in the 70s. That's me trying to, okay, true spoilers, you're that son of a bitch who killed Warren Beatty and McCabe and Mrs. Miller, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. But they both started laughing. <laughs> yeah.
0: How would you like yeah, to be known yeah. as uh, that, crowd How would you like someone just to say, be able to say that to you? are that son of a bitch who killed somebody in a Robert Altman movie. <laughs> oh, I,
2: I, I would be so happy with that. I, I yeah. I'd be beaming inside.
0: But yeah, to those who This is their first time hearing Vicky's voice and you like it And you're a hardcore sci-fi geek Sunday is going to be your Paradise, like unicorns Rainbows, blissful Perfection (laughs) I don't know any sci-fi No, I'm being serious I don't know any sci-fi fan that lives this show Who doesn't ask me Every once in a while When's Vicky, you going to do another show?
1: (laughs) Hey, when's
0: Vicky, you going to do another show? Hey man Maybe you're going to do another show.
1: <laughs> well, the
3: wait is over
0: because <laughs> it's yeah. less than
3: a week.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yeah.
0: Sunday yeah, is Vicky so... Loves Sci Fi. She has the perfect name yeah. for doing a show on a specific genre, doesn't she, Carl?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. It I It is do. the perfect name. I agree. <laughs>
3: All
0: and I do follow. love sci-fi Yeah <laughs> All of us Happy holidays We'll see you Sunday And thank you for being on Carl And definitely thank you on for being on Vicky. You're welcome we'll, see you, we'll, see, well I'll see you on Friday When me and uh, Well when we do Friday the 13th part 3 And it's more serious than you would think So watch it, enjoy it if you're a Friday the 13th fan and of course, go on Spotify and listen to the Coltside Radio's Christmas mix. It's unique, isn't it, Carl?
1: Yes, it
2: is. Yes, it is. I listened to some of it today. Very it well has done, Stephen.
0: Christmas songs, uh, punk rock songs, uh, solstice songs.
3: Yay! No. And
0: no, Carl's there's, favorite there's punk some good- rock Christmas songs which people have thought about, and it isn't punk rock, but I agree with them, it's punk rock, isn't it?
2: Which one? Oh, oh Father Christmas? Absolutely. Yeah, the
0: game Father Christmas.
2: Oh, yeah. That so was that was redone night, by several punk groups. Yeah. You know.
0: So say goodnight, everybody.
2: Good night, everyone. Goodnight, everybody. Thanks, Stephen.